0: The following is brought to you by The Social Suplex Podcast Network.
1: This is Great Match Generator. great match generator we have a new intro we have new facebook page new twitter new not a new twitter we use our own handles but new new instagram tv we have new youtube we have a lot of things going on around here on great match generator and social suplex podcast network and now on monco radio where music reminds me on friday's we're on weeks where we record at 9 a.m. So hi to the Manco Radio listeners out there, mm-hmm. and hi to the Social Duplex listeners out there. How are you doing, Beast, Mike, and Greg? I'm doing
2: pretty good right now. i uh, kind of staying out of the colder weather. The winter is starting to catch up with all of us. Uh, yeah, but I, I've been doing pretty good. I've been keeping busy with uh, with working and um, doing football games on on the radio. But other than that, we uh, I've been pretty good. Keep myself
1: out of trouble, pretty much. Yeah, we're all keeping ourselves out of trouble. I've been working, that's why we haven't been back in three weeks. Um, that that's because we haven't found a suitable record. We found a time to record, but I've been scheduled during that time when we normally record. So, mm. it it's like the thing where we have to like shuffle our schedules around. All right. But, but um. Greg,
3: how you doing? I'm doing all right. Uh, can definitely say I am doing far, far better than the Penn State football team.
2: Yes, uh, Greg and I are Penn State alums, and we are. It's it's been a rough uh, first month of the season for our Nittany Lions. Uh, obviously, the Indiana game was not a good look, and then two blowouts in between by Nebraska and Ohio State. And then the Nebraska game, which I think we simply just started way too slow. And by the time 11's got things in gear, it was roughly too late. So unfortunately, we're 0-4. And all four teams we lost to all wear some shade of red. It has not been good playing teams <laughs> that that wear the shades of red. Thankfully, Iowa has none of this red. And we get them at home this weekend.
3: Yeah. um, Pretty pretty awful performance. Uh, We are trash at this point. Um. And this is probably the worst quarterback play I've ever seen in my life. Now,
2: now Greg, right, before we get into this, are, are you in the fired Franklin camp, or are you one of those people like me who was like, this is this is a gap year from what we normally see. Let them let them have a full summer to get things right, and then I think Franklin and everyone will be fine.
3: Where are you? Yeah, yeah definitely the latter. I think you're completely ridiculous if you fire somebody over a pandemic shortened season where. Kids are all like um, w- what I do think is Franklin should have been self-aware enough to say, "Hey, I'm not in the right state of mind, because for those who don't know, uh, our head coach's family is actually down in Florida because right. them is immunocompromised. Um, so he hasn't seen them, and he's a big family guy.
2: Yes, and you can tell
3: his heart is not in this season. He should have just opted out like the players. Maybe mm. taken a, a year of salary off, gone down, been with his family, and just gave the, the reins the Brett Pratt. coach it. Yep, just let the assistants do it for a season. It's not. It's a big Astros season anyway. Like, who cares?
2: You know what? That would have been a that's that's a that would have been a really good idea, I think, for Coach Franklin. Uh, to, and I think to he would, take the year off and hang out with his daughters and his wife. Yeah, I think and, it would and, it, it just,
3: players too. Right, nine no, no, out it's okay to take this year off,
2: which only Micah did. But but yeah, I think that this would have been a very that I think that's yeah, that's probably that would have been probably the best idea because obviously when Franklin's heart is in it, he, he's hundred miles an hour, and, and he go and he'll be frustrating to some, but nine times out of ten, he usually gets the job done. So I think that's that's actually would have been a really good idea for James. Uh, just yeah. just chalk this season up and then come back to strong in 2021.
3: Seeing him just standing on the sideline with his arms crossed is sad.
2: he doesn't right. He's not mentally I, I think I could, I could agree with that. He's not mentally with that. Anyway. Well, Alright, so well, let's get but, looking down to some matches some
1: matches to go on. I could go on about my Notre Dame fighting Irish, but I, I don't want to rub salt in the wounds. <laughs> <laughs> um but but it. But where do we want to go first? Do we want to go in a cage with Bob Backlund and Sergeant Slaughter? Do we want to go with the epic entrances of Tatsumi Fujinami Great Muta? Do we want to go with the one count elimination match? Um let's go with, let's go with the entrances.
2: Uh, I mean we all all wrestling matches start with entrances. Let's go with that one.
1: Let's go with Great Muta, um, Tatsumi Fujinami from okay. the Great Muta from 9 92391. Here, the entrances are freaking yeah. amazing yes the entrances
2: were fun the, the entrances really did set a tone uh for this match it got the crowd in- instantly into it it was it was live i i, I really did enjoy that part of it and then the match itself really kicked up and really stayed in a very good gear all the way through so i, I was a fan of this
3: um, was this for a title, by the way? yeah, this I,
2: was
1: the IWGP Heavyweight Title.
3: Okay, yeah, I heard that on commentary, but I didn't recall seeing the belt.
1: I believe this was the f- the the uh, defense where Muda got his 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 um the his title shot after he won the the first G1 Climax. Okay. Um, but. This match was actually pretty bloody too. Yeah, it was. Um, and he, because he took a suicide dive into the guardrail and right, hey, he, he yeah he, he hit hard. And it was hard to tell because Muda's face was painted red, and his face was red.
2: Yeah, that's what I was struggling. You know what? I was struggling with that too. I was like, wait a minute, is he is he busted open or is he? Or is this a is face paint that's just running down during the match because of all the sweat. I I was struggling with that. And then like later on in the match you could see like, yeah, that that's, that's blood. That was, that was that was
1: totally. Yeah, this, this this was actually pretty good. This was actually pretty good stuff. I I I remember not liking it as much as other people did. Um Um specifically Superstar Sleeze in the um um GME project forum. He really liked this match. He rated it four and a half stars. Um but um the crowd was really hot for this. Yes. what the fuck happened, the crowd was like really hot. And like every time the ref enforced the rules um I
2: kind of wanted the ref to stay out of it. Just let those two fight, you know? Yeah, it was weird.
1: Like, the ref was, like, in some of it and out of some of it. It took me out of it a little bit. Yeah. But the... But Muda was in total hero, hero, heel mode here. And it was, like... It was, like... It was, like, the ref... The ref stuff really bothered me in this match. Agreed. Um... Once he got the toolbox, it was like, oh, the rest now going to enforce the rules? What?
3: <laughs> but he didn't even enforce them then. <laughs> yes.
1: It was weird. And then Muda cold Fujinami with a glass bottle anyway. I'm like, okay, this, this doesn't make sense, but I'm okay with it because this match is freaking awesome.
2: Yep
3: wild ass brawl and i I uh, literally hear are weapons allowed why is he allowed to use a ring bell hammer and this metal case is this a hardcore match what's going on
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is how he wins the iwgb title his first iwgb title um i think it's this is his first iwgb title he just comes in like a horror movie villain and just just destroys everything. So I was aware of, Muta. of rules is because he's scared of Muda? like he like sort of like how Undertaker scares all people. Yep. You know, so he doesn't want to get attacked. The but but you know the heel performance in this match was was and then and then Fujinami got misted. Mm-hmm. I'm like I'm like yo this is awesome. I only um, went three and a half because the match structure was really a little off for me. Yeah,
2: it was yeah it was a bit it was
1: a bit weird. Uh, it, it was five I'm stars probably-
2: on I'll I'll boost it up an extra quarter uh quarter point because i the entrances kinda set the tone so well. So yeah, I go three and three quarters for that one. But it, it did seem a little disjointed from the from the ref getting a little involved too much and, and the way that the matches kind of came out. Like I like the brawling, but it was just it did seem a little unbalanced. If I go three and three quarters, yeah. the entrances were good too.
1: Yeah, the entrances were phenomenal. like it looked like these two guys were like getting shot out of cannons. Yes. Yeah. The entrances. The the match is on Daily Motion. I don't think it's on World yet, but the the file on Daily Motion has these entrances where it's literally like they have like a cannon shot, and then they come out of these like glass containers. And it it it, it was pageantry. The addresses were five stars. That's what I'm saying. Like, it said the move
2: right. It, it said the move proper. It was, it was a proper move for world title match.
3: So, like, I was aware of Muta, but not really Fujinami at all. And, obviously, you can pick out Muta right away because of the face paint. Right.
2: Um,
3: I know he's one of, like, the originators of The Mist, I think, right?
1: Um, Muta is one of the originators of The Mist.
3: Yeah, and... Because I, strangely enough, I was watching a video recently on the history of mist in Japanese wrestling, and apparently, like the different colors have like different effects.
2: Yeah, I heard about. Yeah, I heard about that. What wasn't red? Red was the one that burns, right? Was was that the one yeah. that like burns the, the strongest?
3: Yeah, and then like one of them's poison, and one of them just blinds, and. I forget all the, all of them, but it was it was really interesting. I know Tajiri and ECW was always yes. one of my favorites, and he uh I he love always the used...
2: green list. Yes, I love that. Yeah. That's a, that was one of the things I love about Tajiri. I mean, he could kill you with the kicks, but then he then he hits you with the mist. It's like, oh come on, man.
1: Um, was the real originator of the uh mist
3: thing? Okay. And then one other thing I really noticed was, and I've always noticed this kind of about Japanese matches, and maybe Danny can shed some light on this. What is with the just barrage of cameramen around ringside? Like,
1: <laughs> are the magazine photographers. Um, they're trying to get the best shot. They're trying to. They have three major magazines in Japan, um, that cover wrestling, so. So, it's always a barrage to get the best shot.
3: Yeah. There's just so many, and they're all, like, getting in the way. And it's, like, that's always been a fascinating...
1: Better now. It's better now.
3: Yeah. They were definitely in the way the whole time.
1: They would let... They would basically let anybody photographer the show. And, And it used to be in WWF, too. Back in, like... Any
2: territory, actually.
1: Yeah, yeah. Jim Cornette I got
3: it start older matches. in the business. Yeah, I feel like there just wasn't as much in like uh, even these older American matches. There wasn't as much uh, cameramen around the ring. But anyway, um, I I agree with you guys about the ref. Uh, the the ending. I was just like, what. Is going on with this referee? I hate when refs basically dictate the outcome of a match like this. But,
1: but, but we can admit that this is Muda in his heel glory. Like, heel yes. yeah, Muda was the heel here. Muda crush. the heel, certainly. Yeah. So he was basking in his heel glory, like Keith Lee basking in his own glory. But, but that's another joke for another day. Um, where do you want to go next? We're all in the consensus about three and a half here. I went three and three quarters. So I, like I gave it
2: an extra quarter point for the entrance. But yeah, I think we're we're in the same ballpark. I'm in the yeah. ballpark there.
1: We watched, a lot of Bob, we watched a Bob Backlund match the last time with Greg Valentine. This time, this is in the midst of his championship run versus Sergeant Slaughter in a cage match. What were your thoughts on this match?
3: I watched this one before the uh, Muda match, so the blood in the Muda match was nothing. <laughs>
1: compared, to, compared, to, compared to this, oh, God. I thought this was a little slow honestly.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm, I I'm think the, it's escape the cage rule. Okay. <laughs> that WWE had Um it only really works for Bruno because Bruno would kick so much ass and then leave.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was Listening to Jim Cornette go on about cage matches recently and how like originally it was to keep competitors in and interference out. And then out of nowhere, WWF started doing escape the cage. And it was like, what?
2: <laughs> I did enjoy this match. Uh, I thought this match, I thought Sergeant Slaughter played a solid heel role here. Uh, back the crowd was hot. Whenever Backlund started to get the momentum yeah. in the match, uh, I, I did enjoy that aspect of it. Uh, I really like yeah, the, the violence of this match compared to Muda's. I think, yeah, I think this was uh, much more much more profound. And yeah, the game, the cage rule I I never really loved. I'd rather much rather win by pinfall or submission inside the cage because I think you get a conclusive winner in that aspect. Of course, it brings the drama, like whatever Slaughter was trying to escape the cage through the door, uh, how Backlund had to try to pull him back in as, as hard as he could, and, and the crowd kind of, the crowd really built that up of like, oh, like is he gonna get out? He's gonna get out. Is this how Backlund's gonna lose? But uh, it kind of built that up quite nicely. So I'll give it that. But I'd much rather would have had it by pinfall or submission, well, especially uh, with two dudes who got really good submission moves. Yeah, that, uh, that, that would really work in a cage match.
1: Um. Because I just thought this was just kick punch kick punch kick punch, the yeah. Time. And I'm like, and I get that's the point, but it at the same time I'm like, I I, I was just looking at my phone halfway through. I'm like, when's this gonna be done?
3: Yeah, in, there is,
1: wasn't a Um, when this when is this gonna be done? And and people were saying this is the best WWF cage match in the 1980s, and I'm like, I can't go that far. I, no, I, no. and I'm like, no, n- no. Definitely Hogan Bundy ahead of this. And Hogan Bundy's not a good match, and not, not that good either. Um, um, I just it's don't good, like the gate match. It's good drama. That's, that's just my thing. Um, um, like. Like obviously, Hanson Bruno had a cage match in '80 that
3: rocked. Um, I will say I hate the cage, the actual physical cage. Oh, the cage itself. Okay. It was terrible. Um, it was the crummiest cage I've ever seen. It was just some chain link fence. Uh Yeah, it didn't feel like a cage. Give me, give me that really solid blue. Oh, the blue. The Blue Steel. <laughs> oh,
1: the Blue Steel from the 90s. Okay, okay. From the late 80s, early 90s.
3: Because uh, even when he was slamming Slaughter's head into this chain-link fence, I was like, really? That doesn't even look like it hurts. Like,
2: Yeah, that's a lot of selling is. on Slaughter's part. That definitely is a lot of selling on Slaughter. Um, but yeah, no, the... uh. Yeah, that really was a fence. You're 100% right. It looked like more like a 10 foot fence as opposed to a
1: cage. Um, <laughs> I did see Backlund as a really good ass kicker here, though. I really did see the value of Bob Backlund as a really good ass kicker, and yes. I could see his charisma as as a a, a a good transition from Bruno to him being the champion of the late 70s or 80s. Right. I did I did see that. It's not. It's not. And I did see Slaughter as a Hall of Fame level performer here. Um. Um. But to me, to me, give me Tully Magnum, steel cage. I quit. Okay. From from the first arcade. That that's my kind of cage match. I think. Okay. Was yeah.
3: Well, obviously he was a heel in this match, but was he like a, a heel around this time or was he doing his yeah. all American stuff at this time? Inside, I. He, he no,
1: was he healed, what, what, time. what was he healed? Yeah, I'm about to say, what
2: was he healed with? uh, with, uh Not with, uh, was, what was it, Sheik or was it? Yeah. What, what, yeah. What did he a warrior for the title? Was that like, like the, in the early 90s? Yeah, was, like,
1: but yeah, yeah he was around 90s. Hi. That was in the 90s. That was right. 91. That was 1990, actually. Um, but um, with this, he was heel in the WWF in this early 80s run. Then he went okay. to NWA and actually had a really drawing match, tag team match later in this year with with his partner, Don Cronodal. Versus Ricky Steamboat and Jay Youngblood in a cage. Mm. I don't think they're at the Omni. I don't know. if There's footage of it, but it caused a big traffic jam at in in wherever they ha- held it. I forget where they held the
2: it. In, I think the Omni's in. I think the in Atlanta. I want to say it's in Atlanta.
1: Yeah. It, it strikes me Do as Atlanta or Memphis. Yeah, or uh, Omni in Atlanta. One of those two buildings. They caused a huge traffic jam because because of this main event tag team. Yeah, it's so
2: in Atlanta. I'll, I'll be teams in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: Yeah, so... 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 Sergeant Slaughter wouldn't get the G.I. Joe deal until 1983, and he would leave WWF around... He would do one more one more run in WWF and that by the time the expansion would hit um, Vince didn't want him to do the promotional deal with G.I. Joe which proved beneficial for and Sellers' career sort of the same thing with the Twitch thing didn't want wrestlers to have outside merch deals and he left for the AWF
3: mm. we all know that's why Vince is cracking down now because he got burned on stuff like that, and Slim Jims with Macho Man, and...
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It, he, he's had... He's had a history of it, so... And that... so The Slaughter Thing was the first one, so... So... I thought... So, I, I only gave this, like, three stars... But I'm obviously in the minority about this. The um, so, so, um superstar sleaze on the forum gave a four and a half. Where do you guys lie on the forum or on this match? I'm
2: probably. I want to say three and a... I probably enjoyed this match a little bit more than Muda, so I'll probably go three and three quarters here, too, but a little bit better than the, than the Muda match. I'm thinking part of that because of the crowd being so far into it. I do agree. The cage itself was, was whack compared to what they did in the future, what they did with the Blue Steel and the, even the current cages. But uh, I, I'll go three quarters here.
3: Um, yeah, I, I'd go in that same range. Three and a half, three and three quarters, something like that. Um. For all the same things you guys said, um it was you know the, the escape the cage stipulation's kind of weird. Um even even the ending, like Backlund pulled yeah,
2: well, Backlund just walked
3: off the side and then just didn't climb over. And I was like, Why are you just just win the match? Just, <laughs> yeah, that so. was a
2: weird ending. I agree there. that. That was a weird ending.
3: <laughs> but uh yeah you're right the the crowd was hot, and a lot of the drama was cool. I liked all the blood, so um yeah, three and a half
1: now, I want to do Billy Robinson Baba next
3: okay
2: because,
1: because i'm I'm lukewarm on it um I see where people come from, and uh oh, some of the some of these guys on the on the forum say this is actually a this is actually one of the. Greatest matches of the 70s, um, and one of their favorite matches, and 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 it's paced pretty well, but and has a sense of urgency and the and and like stuff like that, but didn't really connect with me, and I didn't think it was anywhere close to a classic. I still rated it three and a half stars. I still thought it was very good, but n- nothing overwhelmingly great.
3: Can you start by just giving me a real quick background on Billy Robinson? Because I know nothing about this guy other than he looked like generic wrestler one.
1: Okay. Um. I I I really don't. So Billy Robinson was a wrestler wrestler, obviously a wrestler. I I'm actually doing a Google search right now, actually. So he was a wrestler. He died. He died a few years ago. So. Mm-hmm. so he basically was the leading practitioner in catch wrestling, so one of the leading practitioners in like catch wrestling he wrestled all over the world he he was successful um winning titles and promotions everywhere he wrestled um he basically is one considered to be one of the greatest wrestlers of all time and and he's one of the um one of the um innovators of, of what would be known as MMA um, oh. basically, basically he trained in the snake pit um, with Billy Riley and um, Lincoln, um, um what would become, become known as the snake pit gyms and he trained with Carl Gotch and
0: say goodbye
1: and in north america he he wrestled in awa and was a pretty big star in awa in the 70s but we don't have much footage of billy robinson's awa run we have footage of billy robinson's japan run so so we have billy robinson's japan run a lot of that stuff um but we don't have a lot of a lot of what seems to be a Billy Robinson's best cat best of career. Um,
3: okay.
1: He's a Hall yeah. of Famer in every. He's a Hall of Famer in basically every wrestling Hall of Fame except for the WWE Hall of Fame. He was inducted into the first class of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame as well.
3: Wow. Okay. Yeah, because I think no a lot of people know Baba, but uh, Robinson uh obviously we didn't even know too much about him.
1: the British style as well. So, so so that did you get a european flair from Billy robinson at all with the catch
3: Yeah, he actually from Timothy Thatcher. Timothy Thatcher?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I know it. I knew you were going to I knew you were gonna date to him, because yeah he,
2: he's, yeah, he definitely does. He definitely did have that style, I would say, with all with all the suplexes and and.
1: One the originators of that style.
2: Right. Uh, I, I can totally see that. I can totally see that style. That's a, that's a pretty good look.
1: Carl Gotch, the originator of the Gotch Pile Driver, of course. Right. Um. um I. Um. I had I had to look it up, but. But because I wasn't confident based off my own knowledge, but. Um, but very, very very accomplished wrestler. We don't have enough footage of Billy Robinson in the United States of his prime drawing run in the United States, but, but of the stuff we have in Japan, this is like really good stuff. I like this match. I think the, uh.
2: I think they did a pretty good job of keeping a pretty solid pace to it, and at the same time, uh, giving each other some some space. Uh, the spacing was pretty was relatively solid. I thought the the suplexes hit home and hit home pretty well. Um, I'm probably in that three and three quarters, uh, three and a half, um, ballpark with with this match. Well. It was a little shorter than what I was expecting. I, I, I did want to see a little bit more from this, but that was a pretty good match.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a pretty good match. This is where Kings World begins, honestly, um, which is where that All Japan style begins because this is this is right at the beginning the impetus of All Japan. This is where that PWF title, one of the titles of the Triple Crown, um, and because All Japan had three titles at the time, the, the title was still separated at the time. I let me check on what year. The Triple Crown, AJBW Triple Crown, became a thing, AJBW Triple Crown real quick. I
3: will say I honestly didn't realize this was two out of three falls until after I like, I kind of did neither. I'm not gonna
2: lie, I kinda did neither.
3: <laughs> and and when when nobody was really celebrating, I was just like, uh I guess this is two out of three falls.
1: <laughs> so the PWF title, the NWA United National title, and the NWA International Heavyweight title, they were unified in April of 1989 when Jumbo Saruta defeated Stan Hansen. When when Jumbo Saruta was the NWA International Heavyweight title and PWF world champion and and NWA United National champion was Stan Hansen. So, I thought this had a nice sense of urgency. Um, So. So. So I I, I really like the Queen. too.
3: I will say my first impression was, is this taking place at a prison? Because (laughs) all the ring crew are in orange jumpsuits.
2: Yeah, you're not (laughs) kidding. (laughs) They really were in orange jumpsuits. That's so true
3: it was really freaking me out um <laughs> uh th- and, this is I, as i've said in um other i think a lot of all japan ones uh this really isn't my style per se um it it's you know that that kind of slower
1: performance here um billy robinson really shines because um billy because baba is not that great of a wrestler um because Baba's huge and Baba is even though Baba was the drawing card and he was very popular. Dude had giantism.
3: Yeah, you could see him lumbering like Andre.
1: And this is when Baba couldn't move too. Ba Baba had some fun matches, but this I I I I gave it three and a half. Um um, um, Baba had good strikes though. Baba had good chops
3: hmm. compared to modern wrestling. It was, uh, really hard for me to kind of suspend my disbelief. Like, I think a back body drop scored the first win, yeah, yeah, like grab got the second submission. And then, did he did, correct me if I'm wrong? Did he win the match with a clothesline? Yes. <laughs> I think so.
2: That's what I'm saying. Like this match was like it all seemed to flow. It was way too short. Like I, I thought. I thought it'd be a little bit more. Uh, like
1: a little bit more substance to it. The style was fine. It's like but, but the elimination. T- but the elimination tag, uh, the, the New Japan one flowed a little shorter too. But but that was all high impact. Well, get into that New Japan elimination tag. I thought. This was well, well really? on its way to having be the best elimination tag, best ten man tag I've ever seen.
3: Real quick, Danny, one last thing on that Baba match. Yeah. Massive, massive trophies. Itty bitty little belt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yo, it's still true. Yep,
1: that's still true. Massive trophy. Yeah, yeah, you got massive trophies in Japan. Holy yep. man.
2: Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, sorry.
1: <laughs> so.
3: The five we'll on five elimination
1: match, and then we'll get to the most confusing match last, which was the four on four one count match elimination. Um, I I bet you two had no idea what was going on, and because
2: that's a lot. yeah, that's way too much. That's, that's I, way, yeah, that's that that, that, that one four on four was, no, geez,
1: but was but good. in a good way, but in a good way, right. But this was, like, a perfect elimination match until the finish.
2: I think, yeah. No, you know, what I like about these... <laughs> but you know what, though? I, what I liked about this, uh, this this, this, elimination tag right here is that, yeah, usually when it comes to these kinds of matches, everyone gets their, their, their shine. You get different combos you wouldn't normally get. So I, I did like that. I, I did like that all guys, all parties involved were able to... Showcase their stuff to some so, degree in this
1: match. You know what was interesting? You probably didn't notice this because you didn't know which guy was which, but I noticed it. Probably not, yeah. Choshu and, what in, Choshu and Choshu was the long haired, the dude with the mullet on
0: uh-huh.
1: the Nami's team. Mullet man. And then Inoki... Everyone knows what Antonio Inoki looks like.
2: Right, right, right. Yeah.
1: They. They only tagged in to face off with each other once. And when they were in the ring together, the crowd went nuts and they didn't even touch. <laughs> reputation,
2: when your reputation builds, yeah, you got that kind of reputation. Like That, that drama and that suspense, is, uh, it builds for, for some
1: reason. I, I believe Choshu leaves at the end of 87. Let me, let me for all Japan, Ricky Choshu, because he does an angle with all Japan. He does he he he. Um, because I don't think they ever do the Inoki match, or I could be corrected. Um. um Eighty seven. He. Wrestles in New Japan until he returned in he he returned to New Japan. Um I'm I'm just reading this actually right now. Um he would leave in in nineteen eighty seven and go to all Japan. He would never face Inoki. They hadn't... They hadn't touched. They were building to something. So... I just found it real interesting that they didn't touch.
3: Yeah, because I didn't really know anybody... In the match outside of Inoki... Um... And the one team was almost entirely guys in just basic black trunks.
1: Oh yeah, and then yeah. Super Strong Machine, who was in a mask.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was I was saying, and and what looks like an evil Uno. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, he does look like evil Uno. Um, recently retired like years ago, after 30 years in the business. Um, but but I know you two wouldn't have as big of a connection to this man. Because, because of obviously me knowing a little more about New Japan history. But I I can catch you up a little bit. That's what I was just... I, I, I That's what you were
2: just doing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was just trying to catch you guys up. So... so and then... And then the impetus of this match is basically the the current guys, the current stars, and Fujinami and Choju just faced each other in June for the rematch of the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. So they were just opponents, but they teamed e- with each other here to face Enoki, Sakaguchi, Fujiwara, and two younger guys in Muto and Hachina. That's where the, that's what makes this match that the dynamic of the match so great. is younger younger guys and the old dudes versus the current generation.
3: I think you even got that sense just in the entrances and like how they were introduced like you could tell the the one team was like these young guys, and that the other was Anoki's boys.
1: Yeah. A- and it was intense urgency. Just the crowd well, it was yeah molten. I mean molten. Huh. Um, so, so, New Japan had a bunch of these, like, 8-man and 10-man ten, ten tags in, like, the 80s, and they all worked. Um, I thought, um, I, I thought, oh, I opened up the wrong I opened up the wrong eighty seven match here. I, I I just thought um I thought um Choshu was the star of this match. The guy with the mullet. I can see that. Um because he was just laying it in. And and yeah. Saying Ricky Choshu was the star of the match is saying anything like saying like Kenna kind of Kobashi is the start of the match. He's right. a Hall of Fame performer. But but it but Maedo came close too. That that that's who eliminated Noki. Hmm with the double elimination. I thought that was interesting. That was good that was a nice touch touch. Um, and Noki plays a, a sort of guy very well, too. Like, I own this company, so respect me sort of guy very well. But the finish, like, really held me off from giving this a full five. I would probably give it four four and a quarter. Uh
2: I mean, this probably was my favorite match of the week, I would say. I I I kinda I wish I could have gotten into it by knowing more about each each person involved here, but I did enjoy what they did.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I understand. I understand. Um I under I understand that um completely. I I enjoyed I enjoyed the and I didn't have much background into what was each ma- guy's match. But I sort of, with the crowd energy and sort of like, sort of like, knowing most of the guys, who was who, sort of. And the, and but the ending was a little suspect with the uh, Muda doing a back, backspring elbow. In 1987, <laughs> can we talk about that for a second? Handspring that is, elbow. That, that's so different. That's so different. He you know, does a handspring elbow in 1987, and then he got a moonsault. He tries to do it the moonsault, and then Enoki and his team comes up, and then that's where the match falls apart a little bit for me. So. So, so let's go to the JWP four on four one count match elimination style. So I believe this was confusing even for me. Um because it was one on one. You have four you weren't tagging in and out and you faced you you face each, but I enjoyed looking at nineties Joshi. <laughs> yeah, because I was so ahead of its time. So ahead of its time.
3: Yes. I was confused immediately because there's like they do all these intros, so they're obviously on teams, but then nobody's standing on the apron. Right. And I was like, wow, this is like Marvel versus Capcom. yeah, is, just,
1: ha- yeah right.
3: Eliminated, and then somebody pops in.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit different, but I like the. Did you like the one count pacing? I,
3: I didn't, didn't got, understand it at first.
1: You didn't understand <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah,
2: that's one of those things you got to kind of, kind of build it and get into. Uh, like at first, like wait, one county is that that's it? That, that's all we're doing here? And that was but at first that, a little bit confusing, but once you I get into it, it, it works.
3: Well, uh, the the per- the girl I referred to as Yellow Power Ranger, um, the Yellow was, Ranger,
1: okay, Yellow Power Ranger. That would was that Kansai neon Maybe. green.
3: But yeah, uh, she was obviously very popular with the crowd, and she came in and just beat up the girl I'm referring to as Riho. <laughs> and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh,
1: oh, oh yeah, Toyama and, in the white y-
3: dress. <laughs> but the um, first
1: minute in the first minute too.
3: Yeah. <laughs> she, well, so she yeah she comes in and she immediately eliminates somebody. and I was just like, wait, was that a three count that I just like didn't see or? <laughs> well, once
1: you got used to it, it like I got invested in every fall.
3: Well, I was. And- to- then yeah. I was confused by the double count out because like they brawl up into the stands and I, I thought the count out didn't count because of the one
1: count thing.
3: Yeah, so I was really confused by that too because like there was no urgency to get back in the ring and I was like, okay, I guess they're doing a 20 count like New Japan. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, it, it was really weird. But some, somehow it was, it was, um, dramatic. It was really dramatic.
3: I will say I liked, um, cause they did the classic spot with, um, w- where they keep rolling each other up into pinfalls. Yeah. And, and they just end up rolling around the ring, but it actually kind of made sense here so with, with the, uh, with the one count rule. Because um, they ended up just kind of cartwheeling around the ring as opposed to what we see nowadays in like NXT or wherever, where you just have the ref going one, two, one, two, or then one, one two, and then yeah, one, and then yeah. one. one. <laughs> well, I better.
1: That's why it works a lot better than this match. Oh yeah, and one count, yeah. Well,
2: you 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 literally have to lick your shoulders up or you're out. Yeah, absolutely, that works better than this. I, I will 100%
1: agree with that. And then submissions mattered too. I was like, I I was a little confused. I still gave this four and a half. Sorry, because the work in this match, I don't think, in less capable hands, this match would have worked.
3: Yeah, I've heard about how Joshi is particularly brutal, even though they look like dainty little Japanese girls. And wow, this was definitely an exhibition of that. The, they were brutal to each other.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's like, like the submissions were were snug. Everything. Every it, it it was a classic. In that sense, and like, and, and it brought up the urgency too, which is something I hit home about in my. You do love your
2: yeah,
1: pacing. Yeah. That's, <laughs> what do. that's my that's my
3: thing, dogged. And so then, once they did one on ones, I'm guessing they they decided to then do a traditional four on four. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that was probably the most mind-blowing stuff you were. This was 1995. And you're looking, watching awful. the crap you're doing in 1995. <laughs> and you're like, the work in this match is phenomenal. I rated it a four and a half stars.
2: I... It took a little bit for me to get into it. I'd probably go with a four a solid four, but this was this was a pretty productive match that i would have that I would probably go back and see I probably would probably rate it better than the, like the second or third time I'd go back and see it,
3: yeah I, yeah once I figured out the rules <laughs> um the like you said the work rate was I insane was they going were in
1: I, because literally on these regidies, it has one count, and I'm like. How is this going to (laughs)
3: work? But once I got past all that, um, it it was really fun. Like you said, it was so fast paced. Um, I liked that there was like a parade of double stomps off the top rope at one point where every girl on the one team got their chance. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I'd go like four and a quarter,
1: Four, four and a quarter. I went four and a half. So we're 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 in the same range. Pretty much yeah. So next time because I have to go to a dentist appointment. Um, um, um I made the YouTube video and I'm doing this for every episode now. Um we're we're probably gonna have Matt D join us, who's the moderator of of um the GME project. And we're going to be watching. He's going to be on with us to watch these matches, hopefully. Pirata Morgan versus El Farraron from EMLL 1116 1990. Some lucha finally eking its way into our queue. Then we have Jackie Sato versus Tomi Aoyama. AJW, some all Japan women from one four nineteen eighty. And then we have two matches. this came up randomly, and I love how this came up randomly. Because we have uh W uh, we have Randy Tavish versus Tiano Santana Santana, both no DQ matches from two weeks apart. Four twenty two eighty six and five four eighty six. Both came up. Nice. And you can watch me generate it in the video. So okay. so that's what's in store for next time we we record. The plugs. Twitter dot com slash B
2: is where you can find me. I will be doing on Saturday the uh doubleheader in college football. Let me get up real quick before we uh, go much further. Uh, obviously uh, at Sirius, I will be uh, board hopping. The second game is going to be Northwestern and Wisconsin. and the Wisconsin put a beat down on, on Michigan and Northwesterns undefeated right now, so that should be a pretty good game in the big, for the Big Ten West. I will also be doing in Illinois and Nebraska, two teams that got their first wins last week as well. So I will be uh, doing that on Saturday. Obviously, keeping up with the NFL, the NBA draft tonight. I will be uh, obviously tweeting about that. Power rankings on Facebook. Look out for the Sports Mounds page. I will be uh, posting the power rankings probably at uh, 145 or so. Uh, where is, like, like, I've been teasing, how far will Baltimore drop after losing to New England? Uh, you will have to look out for that. I uh, will have a little, kind of a paragraph, kind of blurb about each team. And obviously, Pittsburgh, they still are undefeated. So,
3: Beast Mike sports page Greg, yeah, you can catch me over on twitter at p s u Optimus, like the Transformers character um or over on YouTube at wrestling Optimus. uh I just dropped a video detailing how I built my own custom dailies place for my action figures and uh this weekend is Survivor Series, so yes. hopefully me and Danny are going to be doing predictions and uh seeing who can get the most right. Uh so check that out on YouTube. Um and then oh yeah, Instagram wrestling optimus as well.
1: Who won who won the belt for full gear?
3: Um I think that was the one I got a perfect score. Oh, I didn't
1: win. Darn
3: it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's like my first perfect score ever. Congratulations. <laughs>
1: I have no idea what to do with WWE, but that's another story for another day. New, New Day and Herb Business had a good tag match on Raw. That's, uh, they
2: they did have a good tag match on Raw. Nagantyre's WWE champion, so he's going to fight Reigns. And then... uh. That was really the main two stuff, main two pieces from Raw, and plus Bray and Miz had a pretty, had a pretty funny match uh, as well. So with, with a whole lot of Alexa Bliss being involved, which was very entertaining. So I think mean, that was the main takeaways from Raw, I'd say.
3: Yeah. yeah, love Alexa and Drew got the belt. That's about it. <laughs>
1: but the ratings are tanking. Yeah, EJ- the ratings are tanking. harder than the
2: Jets. That's just true.
1: Oh. And. Congratulations to Kenny Omega and June Akiyama, the only two names I know, who are getting into the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame. Yes. Parts. Yeah, getting over sixty percent of the vote. And Akiyama getting in just at sixty (laughs) percent. It took every vote to get Akiyama in. So so it took it took Literally, it was right at sixty percent, so yeah, so I'm really happy to see drew Nakiyama in the wrestling of their whole so thank you for 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 listening, and I'll see you around